the geometry of the place was all wrong. One could not be sure that the sea and ground were horizontal. You're listening to Cthulhu and Friends, starring Stacy, Mike, Fred, and Steph. I am your game master, Veronica. Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of Cthulhu and Friends. I am your game master, Veronica, and I'm excited to be here. I'm Stacy, and I'm playing Bellamy. And I'm also excited to be here and go first. I'm Steph. Oh, and I just interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm excited to go second. (laughs) And I play Clara. And I'm Fred. Hi, I'm Mike. (laughs) And I'm excited to go third. And I play Edward. Also me here, Mike Lane. I play Todd B. Not so excited to be here anymore. (laughs) Save the best for last. Uh, So... Mike, what happened in the last episode? I totally forgot. Last time on Cthulhu and Friends, the crew and Nighthawk decide to head back to the mansion. At home, Bellamy asks Todd to leave and purchase a gift for her to give to Clara. Afterwards, Edward runs out to investigate a crash. He stops upon seeing a broken window and a room full of slugs. A slug climbs onto Edward with an unnatural speed, which he slaps away. He bumps into Bellamy, who quickly hugs him tightly and leans in for a kiss. Clem intervenes, ripping at Bellamy's pants, which reveals Bellamy's leg is made of slugs. Edward pushes her away. Edward then charges at Bellamy and flips her over the stair railing. Suddenly, a flock of birds lands on Bellamy and reduces her to a skeleton. Todd makes it back to the house and the crew gathers and discusses what happened. The crew determines that the skeleton is not Bellamy's and that the real Bellamy is missing. And that's where we left off in the last episode. Bellamy. You feel yourself in a familiar area. It's not like it's a comforting area, but somewhere that you've definitely been before. You feel yourself confined to a table or some kind of a, a long surface. And you see this light bulb that's on a string and it's been clicked on and it's swaying back and forth. It's extremely dark. You see a figure come through the door and close it behind them. It's very dark. It's very concealed. You look to your left and you see Tess. There's a rope suspended from the ceiling and she is duct taped to this rope. And there's duct tape around her mouth and her hair and everything. And her eyes are bulging. And it's like she's trying to scream or say something to you, but you can't make out anything at all. Her nostrils are flared. There's snot running down onto the duct tape. Let me know what you do. How tied to the table am I? As you move your body, you feel that there is duct tape just across your breastbone. And it seems to be wrapped around the table or whatever it is that you are 
strapped onto. Then there's another piece of tape that's wrapped around the middle of your calves. You are very securely strapped to this table and you feel movement in your stomach. I would like to try to look down at my stomach and see if I can see the movement. You do. You see something about the size of a baby's fist moving around inside of your abdomen. Is my mouth duct taped? Yes. I think at this point I would begin basically yelling against the duct tape um, and probably frantically trying to release myself from the grip of the duct tape. Like, until I'm exhausted, I'm just going to keep struggling and trying to pull myself up and away and get loose. As you do this, as you struggle more and more, you feel this thing inside of you go up into your esophagus and you feel this gag reflex. And so your mouth starts to project just bile and it's trapped inside of this mask of duct tape. And you feel this wetness kind of saturating your neck and the your hair and you want to vomit, but you just can't get anything up. There's something definitely obstructing your airway. And then you feel something else as it pulls off your shoes. It definitely feels human. Do you look at it? Mm. Where is Tess located from where I'm at? She is hanging to your left. Okay, I think rather than look down at whatever's at my feet, I'm going to look over at Tess because she's the only thing in the room that I know. And I feel like we're kind of each other's only hope type thing. In the glossiness of Tess's eyes, you see a figure and it looks like it's a hunched over amphibian kind of looking thing. It definitely looks glisteny to you and it has unspeakable features in the area that looks like it might be its face and chest. You see as Tess's eyes blink just rapidly and she looks back at you and in the black of her eyes you still see this image of this creature. You are incapable of comprehending. And then you feel as something touches your mouth and you watch Tess's eyes looking directly across from her and over your face as she cries and tries to breathe and something cuts open a tiny little slit where your mouth is and you feel this push as this creature slithers out of your mouth and as you almost birth it out of your mouth it's immediately followed by this acidic vomit and you feel this burning sensation on your mouth and this thing slides off of your face and onto this thing that you can only comprehend as being a hand 
but it has so many digits, it can't possibly be human. And it absorbs this acid, sluggish creature into its palm. And you feel light. And you hear your heartbeat slowing. You vomit one more time out of this tiny slit. And everything goes dark for you. But you still hear all of the sounds around you. You hear a door opening and you hear more people coming in. People stand around you and you feel their presence and you feel this warmth all around you. Your eye opens once more and you see that Tess has completely fainted and is just droopily hanging from this rope. And you see there are several hooded figures around you, all holding red candles. But the flames aren't orange, they aren't blue. The flames burn black and green, and there's a scent in the air. It kind of smells like a swamp. We need to find Bellamy. If this weird slug monster wasn't her, then where is she? Or how long was that thing with us? And how long has Bellamy been in danger and we had no idea? So obviously this thing took Bellamy's place at some point. If we could figure that out, we might be closer to finding her. Does anything stand out to you guys? Um... Well, she, I don't know, her stomach was growling and, and then she left for a little bit and came back and then went to the library. She waited outside. Yeah, we're apart when we're at the library. That's, that's gotta be it. Why didn't she come inside with us? Oh, she said she wasn't feeling well. Okay, if anywhere, I think we should start there because we got separated at that point and we all went into the library I don't know if I'm grasping at straws, but maybe we could start there. That's the last place we were. Might as well retrace our steps. Yeah. Those slugs seem to leave a trail, right? Like, maybe we should look outside. Like, did you see out the window? Like, they kind of crawled out and it was, like, blood or something? Do you think it's trying to get back somewhere? Like... Yeah, like, if its uh, host was killed, then maybe they're trying to crawl back to their lair i'm grasping here i don't know todd this is your area of expertise slugs i I don't know science science fiction i mean Uh, yeah yeah uh okay um i mean let's let's go look around really quick outside and then if if there's anything that we could do then let's start with that if not let's just hit the library sounds good okay 
Before we leave, I'm going to pull out my camera and take a few pictures of this skeleton on the floor. I also make sure that I have my badge and my gun as well. I'll make sure I have my flashlight too. And then I head outside. So we go around uh, to the outside where the window is, where the slugs would have crawled out. Okay. Is there a trail? There is a trail. It's a big glistening path that leads up the hill and into the water. Remember, you are surrounded on all sides by water. Kind of hoped they would have taken the bridge, but you know. Now, the water that surrounds Mosado Lago is just kind of like a moat in a sense, like a river or a lake. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind of like a really, really big lake. So swimming is not really... You certainly could. And the slime trails obviously go into the water, and then we kind of lose our trail there. Yes. Do we see it on the other side? It's too far away for you to be able to see. Okay. I take a stick, and I just poke it into the ground. This will give us at least a frame of reference on the other side. Oh, good thinking. Do you want to get a sample of this slime? That's not a bad idea. Run some science tests on it? Yeah, I will uh, collect some of the slime. Do you want me to roll for that? No, you can just do that. Okay. Uh, So let's cross the bridge and then try to see on the other side if we can find this trail. And if not, head to the library. Do you go back into the house or do you go around the back? How do you navigate your way to the bridge? I would say we go around the back. Yeah. How far is the bridge from where we're at? Is like on the other side or? Yeah. So the window is the opposite side of the bridge. I would imagine that we're looking like kind of out across the water. Mm-hmm. Is there still a boat? Yeah, of course. We could just take the boat straight across. What's what's the worst that could happen? I just scrunched my face up. What if it's in the water? What, the slugs? Yeah. I mean, don't they normally not like water? It's the idea of being in a boat. I mean, you think they could climb out of the water and up boat? Did I think they could take the form of our friend Bellamy and... True, they are unusual slugs. I'd rather trust in my own two legs. Okay, let's go across the bridge. Okay, you go across the bridge. Has the vines advanced any further from the last time I saw it? Yes. Do you want another sample? Yeah, I will reach into my pocket and grab the previous piece. Okay, it looks a little wilty having been in your pocket. I will collect another sample and put it with the other scientific samples that I've gathered rather than my pocket. Okay, you do so. Sorry for the delay. Here, let's uh, Uh, let's keep going. We need to hurry, I think. Where are you going? To the library? No, we're going to the other side of the shore across from where we were. Where I put the stick. Okay. So you do that. It takes you probably a good 15 or 20 minutes to get from one side to the other. Also looking for any other trail as we go. 
the trail ends, but you do see human footprints walking along the sand of the other beach. Are they normal sized? Yeah. Do they seem to come out of the water? Yes, they do. Is it barefoot or are there shoes? It's barefoot. Uh, you don't think it turned into another doppelganger, do you? I mean, it went from Bellamy to slugs. I mean, it's reasonable to think that it went from slugs to something. Just just thinking out loud here, maybe we should stick together. Because if this thing can take the shape of Bellamy, what if it couldn't take the shape of anyone? Like, we separate for a minute and come back. How do we know we are who we are? True. So let's stick together and find Bellamy. How how about this? I don't know if this will work, but do you have a marker on you? Oh, yeah. I got one in my bag. What if we draw an X on the inside of our palm? And that way... If we ever think that somebody's taken us over, we could just show the X on our palm. I mean, there's no way it's going to know we drew an X on our palm unless one of you is already a slug monster. Oh. But that's fine. I mean, why did you have to say that, Edward? This entire time together, (laughs) I look at both of them suspiciously. They both look really nervous now. Or we could just come up with a code word. That only we know, and unless they can somehow duplicate our thoughts, too. The the imposter Bellamy didn't seem to know what was going on. So he, he can't, like, read thoughts. So I, that might be a good solution. She didn't? Well, she kept asking about why you would be upset at her. And I kind of had to rehash the whole thing from earlier. Got it. Okay. So a code word. That could work. Yeah. Or we could draw X's on our palms. I mean... (laughs) Or both. Yeah. Just as a precaution. And I'll pull out my marker and and draw an X on my palm and then hand it off. And then I draw an X. I also draw an X. So what's our code word? So we could say something like... Show the X, and then we could be like, uh, I don't know. X gonna give it to you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's certainly unique. So <laughs> I think that's a good password. All right. So X gonna give it to you? X gonna give it to you. To ya. Okay. To ya. Right. That's the important part. Yeah, I get it right. <laughs> we'll think you're an imposter. Uh, where did these footprints lead off to? They lead to the east side of the cliff. And it looks like the cliff just kind of juts into the bay. And that's really it, right? It, you've not explored anything over there. So it leads like down a cliff? Well, two. I don't think we could see footprints on a cliff. So the cliff goes right into the ocean. So if you can imagine a teeny tiny little peninsula. Okay. Mm. Okay. And it's very like Scotland or something where it's just like huge amount of cliff face into the ocean. 
Well, we should get going, because the longer we take, it's possible that something bad could happen to Bellamy, so... Yeah. I say we make haste. Unless she's hidden in a cave on the cliffside. But then how would they have gotten back so fast, right? It has to be near somewhere in town, presuming that's where we lost her. So the footprints lead to the cliff like this person climbed the cliff face. It just leads to the cliff. You have no other information. Okay. Can I follow the footprints up to the cliff face and sort of look around for anything unusual? Sure. Like a hidden cliff face door? You walk to the side of the cliff that is facing you there's still some beach around it if you want to wade into the water to go around the bend of this you certainly can so there's no way to get right up to it without wading through the water I mean you can touch the cliff but you're not going to be able to examine all of it without wading into the water can I see the part of the cliff where the footprints would have kind of disappeared yeah you see them sort of just disappear into the water. Okay. The water here is pretty violent, so it is crashing up against there. If you're going to go through the water, you are going to need to swim and make sure you don't lose your footing. There are a lot of jagged rocks around you. Um, It's certainly not a safe area. I don't... I think I would walk up to it and then just kind of hesitate and turn to the other two and be like I, I don't know if we should keep following the, this direction well if we don't find anything else we could just get a boat and come back over here or something yeah or we could always investigate around the library and see if there's a different path maybe there's an easier way uh, real quick it, just so I understand is the cliff face like sheer it's like straight up and down we're not like climbing up a sloping cliff that's correct. And the beach ends to the cliff. To one side, there is water. To the other is more water. Right. So normally when you guys walk off of the bridge, you go up a carved stairway up into town. And that is carved directly into the cliff. Now you guys have gone to the east instead of just continuing due north. So you guys have gone east and now you are at the edge of the bay essentially so right where you are is where it actually becomes more ocean and less calm water you have trekked quite some time to get over here this is a very tall sheer cliff that goes straight down into the ocean there is of course beach around it right so like when the tide is out you would be able to walk around there but the tide is in currently so you are going to have some trouble getting around this and getting to the other side of the face of this cliff bellamy you feel um some movement in your jaw like you you're kind of able to wiggle a little bit. Do you try to move and get yourself free while you are surrounded? 
Have they been doing anything? Or just standing around me? You hear whispers, but you don't understand the language. I'm not going to try to break myself out because I want to listen to the whispers in an attempt to try and start making sense of familiar sounds or repeating noises. Okay. I know that I don't have a reference to try to figure out the language or understand it, but I want to work towards that on the odd chance that I get out of here and I am able to connect it with something. So essentially, I want to try to use cryptography. You hear a few repeated phrases. You hear someone saying, Fang, Tadi, Mormo. You smell something familiar. It smells like a wet dog. And you hear this dog get close to you and you feel its warm nose get close to your ear as it licks. It certainly doesn't feel friendly. And then you black out again. You awake and you are not surrounded. You feel dirty and you feel as though you have been moved. Your body feels heavy. Do you open your eyes? I'd like to listen first. You hear nothing. All you can hear is the echo of silence. I will open my eye very slightly. As you do, you feel the grainy sand and earth sort of flutter into your eye and you have that very terrible feeling of ugh, there's dirt in my eye instinctively I try to rub it out when you suck your breath in you're going to pull your hand up and as you do so you feel that tape still wrapped around you but you do have a little bit more freedom to move if you want to try and roll to break free you may do so But you are buried. You have three moves before you run out of air. You need to roll a four or higher to get out of here. I am trying athletics. I rolled a one. You fail. You have now gotten your foot caught on a root of some sort and you begin to panic as not only do you not feel more free you feel more trapped it almost feels like something's holding on to you do i still have the slit in the duct tape on my mouth you sure do okay um i want to start screaming for help Your mouth very quickly becomes filled with very heavy dirt, and you can say nothing. You feel the soil touch the back of your throat. I don't think there's anything else um, as far as skills go other than athletics. I don't see any other way for you to break free other than to roll a four or higher on your athletics. All right, I will try again. 
I rolled a six. As you begin to lose hope, feeling the heaviness, the crushing weight of the soil on your chest, the soil completely taking over your throat and mouth. You have this thought of things didn't end well with Clara and I can't leave it like that. And you break out of these bonds. This thing that's holding you, this root or whatever it is you've caught your foot on, pull it as hard as you can and you feel this surge of cold all around you as water begins gushing up into your grave but you take just this moment of being surrounded by water to lift yourself out and it's almost like you're not pushing your own body but rather you're controlling the element of water around you and it pushes you through at least four feet of soil and you reach out of the ground and pull yourself to the top of the earth. You see beside you another grave. Coughing and hacking, I frantically start digging at it. You do so, but your body is quite tired. It's going to take you hours to get to the bottom of this grave. Edward. I look at the footsteps that go into the water and assess the danger of the crashing waves against the jagged rocks. If you were careful, you could do it. I look at Todd and Clara. You guys should head back. Go up the stairs towards town and circle along the other side. I think I'm going to take this way and see if I could catch up to this thing or maybe see where it went. Didn't we just say not to split? And you want to split up and go into the dangerous water without somebody to spot you. He begins taking steps toward the water. He is on his way. Edward? (sighs) Clara, here, take this. And I hand her my gun. Uh, I, it's, it's just going to get wet and it's not going to, it's going to be useless, but just hold on to it until I see you on the other side. We can't wait any longer. What if Bellamy is in danger? Like, I have a really bad feeling right now. And what if you're in danger going that way? Look, I've been a lifeguard my entire life. I've worked at that resort since I was like three feet tall. This is nothing. Don't worry about me. Go with Todd. I'm going to see you on the other side and and we're going to get Bellamy back. For the record, I hate this idea. (laughs) I know. And I press the gun into her hand, and then I just start kind of fast walking towards the water, and I jump into the water. When you jump into the water, you feel at home, like you know what to do. 
you are able to navigate around all of the sharp cliffs and rocks and jutting pieces of danger all around you. And Clara and Todd very quickly disappear as you round the cliff face. And you see footprints as they walk into a cave just on the other side of the cliff. I get out of the water and I just quickly survey the area and just make sure that I'm not missing anything. And then I start making my way into the cave. Above the cave, there is something of a a carving. It looks like a statue, sort of, but it's a very tall, muscular woman. Her hair is just writhing serpents. Like as in a standard Medusa? Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah, totally. 100%. I take a quick pause as I ponder the importance of this statue, but knowing that Bellamy is probably by herself and possibly in danger, I slowly and cautiously enter into the cave. Inside the cave, you smell a lot of different smells. Um, It smells coppery and also really sweet. You also smell this like stench of wet dog and you lose your footing as you slide around on this slimy path. Do you have any means of turning on a light? And do you even want to? I don't think so. Um, I don't recall if I would have brought a flashlight. I think I would have mentioned that if I did. Um, I do kind of look around and see if there is any kind of rock or, you know, some kind of branch or something that I could use as possibly as an improvised weapon as I carefully traverse the slippery landscape. You feel around and you do feel something kind of like a, it feels like a really old, like a stick or something, uh, but it does seem sort of like jagged at the end. It is pitch black. You cannot see anything. Do you continue to climb into the cave? The further you go, the more slippery it becomes and the stronger the smells are. I, I listen for a little bit. Is there anything I could hear? You hear a whisper. Am I able to make out the whisper? You don't understand the words at all. It certainly sounds like people that are whispering in a, in a language unknown to you. Uh, very hushed. And when you stop and you slow your breath... So you can hear just every little thing you hear. And then there's no more whisper. My sense of duty makes me want to continue to drive forth. But also just being rational. If I can't see, I'm not going to be able to do anything. I look, I go towards the cave entrance and I look around. Are there any candles, you know 
torch sconces, anything like that, that I could utilize. I mean, I guess that's pretty far-fetched, but... High or low? Uh, always high. Always high. As you feel a little defeated, having scoped the entrance of the cave, you kick something, and it is sort of soft. You pick it up, and you take it out into the open, and you see that it's this mush of red candle, and you see this little glint of a white Bic lighter on the beach. As you run over and you grab it, it is very capable of creating a flame. The mush of the candle, how substantial is it? Do I feel like the flame will last me for a little while at the least? Yeah, it's mostly just mushy because it's been sort of sitting in the hot sun. Got it, got it. Okay. Uh, Well then, without thinking much more, I I will light the candle. I will put the bick into my pocket. I will take the candle into my left hand and the driftwood in my right, and I continue forward. As you've set down your driftwood, when you light the candle, you see things unseen. And the world is revealed to you as it truly is. The sun turns into the moon, and the piece of driftwood is just a jagged femur. The slippery slime look like bloody and brown footprints, and the ocean is black as night. And you see this statue, and you watch as Mormo looks down at you and summons you into the cave. Do you flee or do you walk into the cave? Once again, I, I have to follow my sense of duty. I think Bellamy is in a lot of trouble. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take for Todd and Clara to walk around and if I wait and she dies in that time I don't think I would be able to live with that so I'm going to push forward as you walk into the cave you see the statue of Mormo whom you now just know settle back into the face of the cliff as you walk forward You enter this alternate place. It's certainly not underground because when you look up, there's sky above and there are buildings all around you and there are people, people whose eyes are blood red and they look in your direction and they swallow hard. 
and you go from feeling less investigator to more prey as your heart begins a very rapid thrumming. And as you feel your heart rate increase, you see that you've attracted more of these red-eyed demons. And before you can move, they are all around you and you feel hot, just all of the sudden, this hot flash. And then you feel extremely cold. When you lift up your hand, you see that you have marks all over your body and your blood is just drenched. I mean, just all over your clothes and you're becoming a part of the slime. You feel cold because you don't have enough of your bodily fluids to keep you warm. You have two opportunities to escape the cave. So just so I understand, are they attacking me, like grappling me, or is it just my body is like liquefying? They have attacked you in an instant. You are drained of a very good deal of your blood. As you sort of take a second to put together what's happened, the only thing that you can think of is you've been Dracula'd. Do I still have the talisman around my neck of the blood witches? You do. Yes. I will drop the candle in my left hand and I will take the talisman into my hand and I will try to invoke whatever power is within this talisman to protect me. As you take the talisman into your hand, you feel as though this is the right thing to do. And remember how I told you that it was sort of hook or large tooth shaped. You take it and you just instinctively know that the right thing to do is to thrust it into your chest. You do so and you hear screaming all around you and you feel your blood coming back into your body the candle on the ground allows you to see that these creatures now have their mouths open and there's just these wide holes and there is just a river of blood coming from their mouths right back into your body at the talisman it happens in an instant And then you see behind you, no statue, but Mormo herself as she walks closer toward you, as though she's going to reach for the talisman and take it from you. You now have one remaining chance to exit this cave. Does Mormo stand in between myself and the cave exit? No, she's behind you, and the cave is below you. You're almost like on a slide. The slide goes towards the cave exit? Yes. And it is still slick with 
blood or viscera or slime? Yes. How much of a slope is it? I mean, would I be able to use it if I were to, like, take a running start and then just kind of drop to the ground and, like, slide away? Do I feel like I could use that to my advantage? Are you telling me that you're going to try and slip and slide your way out of here? I, it's, it's my, my, I'm processing my surroundings. Yeah, you could do that. Okay. So obviously at this moment, taking the brief kind of relief of this talisman, you know, just giving my energy back to me, I'm every muscle in my body just from muscle memory will just snap and I will run as quickly as possible towards the entrance. And if at any point I feel like I lose my momentum, then I will utilize my environment to try to continue to push my way out of this alternate dimension. Roll flee. I will allow you to do a three or higher. I rolled a one. You hear laughter all around you as you use all of your strength having never skipped a leg day you feel cramped and just out of sorts and you fall and you watch as mormo comes very close to you and she wraps this thing that could be a hand you're not quite sure there are so many digits And you just feel this crushing sensation around your neck. And you feel the pressure of your head as it gets squeezed tighter and tighter. And you feel your last breath exit your body. And it goes dark. Clara, Edward has just gone around the corner of the bend, and you now have a gun. Let me know what you do. I'm awkwardly holding this gun as I have never held a gun before, and I'm kind of shaken because I'm just so flustered with Edward having left like that, and I'm just going to look at Todd and be like, we have to go to, to town, I guess? This is a terrible plan. I don't know. Maybe we'll find something on the top end. And I'll just start walking off towards whichever direction we're headed. Yeah, Claire, I think uh, we just need to circle up this way. And then we'll we'll be able to look down and see what's going on. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's hurry. Yeah. Okay. You guys take a very swift jog up the stairs, around the bend, and you see Edward's body, lifeless on the beach, covered in blood, surrounded by these kind of greenish-looking creatures. More aptly, you'd probably call them ghouls. And that's where we're going to call it. Did you guys have fun? Uh, yeah. It's okay if you say no in this episode. I hated every minute of that. Uh. <laughs>
and let me tell you, one of my biggest fears is is being buried alive. Like I have claustrophobia no. and just the idea oh, of that. Really? Just, I'm like sweating right now. Like this <laughs> oh, is no. so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sad now. <sighs> okay, so we will see you next time in St. Paxton where things are totally fine. It's always sunny. Things are going well. Our friends are alive. And, you know, honestly, friendship is not affected by death. Well, bye now. (laughs) This episode was edited by Rob Anderson the musician who made The Lounge, our opening and closing theme. Find him on Twitter, at Potentially Rob. This episode was produced by Hiroshi, and you can find him at Maybe Hiroshi. You can find the rest of the crew on Twitter as well. V is at Typical Veronica. Mike is at One Gaming Lane. Fred is at I Think I'm Fred. Steph is at Starlit Firefly. And you can find me at Definitely Stacy. As always, you can follow the show at CAF Podcast and find a permanent link to the Discord in our bio. Want to take a look at the clues, information, or photos the cast stumbled upon during recording? Head on over to our website at www.cafpodcast.com and click on the link labeled The Show at the top of the screen. If you want to help support the show, please share us with your friends on your preferred social media and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also back us on Patreon by going to www.patreon.com slash CAF podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, you should check out some of the other Geekling shows, such as Greetings Adventurers, Brute Force, or Dear Internet. Hey there, folks. Mike Lane here. Just wanted to extend a special thank you to the awesome people who help support us on Patreon. The crossed-off name on this week's manifest is Christopher Nitkin. Thank you for your contribution to the deepening mysteries of St. Paxton Island. Your support and our other backers help make this podcast happen. Thanks again.